Hallelujah. Recorded live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thirst for you. How many of us tonight is thirsting for the Lord and in search of him? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know about you. Can you all hear me? Hello? All right. I, I don't know about you, but I got a praise in me tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's why I played that song. Are we thirsting for the love of God and his word, and are we searching for him? Thank you, Jesus. We welcome everyone. We welcome everyone tonight to Young Men and Women of God's Worldwide Ministry as we present the I mean Ladies Night at the Round Table, hosted by our very own Evangelist Easter Williams. As tonight she will be sitting with the youth, and we just thank God for that. That we can have. Uh, Saturday evening just to sit and be able to talk to our young people that are the church of today because they're not the church of tomorrow, but they are the church of today because God is working in them now. He's not waiting for later. And we thank God for the things that he's doing in our young people, and we need to be able to hear for the Bible says, out of the mouth of babes. And we need to be able to hear from the babies that they are in the body of Christ. And to see that we're just looking forward to the program that uh, Evangelist Easter Williams has set up. We are overjoyed about it. We just thank God. Yes, yes. Thank you. I think these young people came up the other day on the um, Bible study, and I'm telling you, they shared some wisdom. I wouldn't even think they were young people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Amen. So, so tonight, we, we, we God opened up my heart to share with Evangelist Easter to, if she didn't have nothing planned, to please open the door for our young people to be able to hear, for us to hear them and hear them speak out in the spirit of the Lord that's in them. So with that, um, we're going to go on and open up with prayer. Um, we're going to give the announcements, and we're only going to give the announcements for uh, tomorrow and Monday. And then when Monday comes, we'll give announcements for the rest of the week as we go through the week. Because it's something that I thought about. We're giving all these, and we're at the end of the week, and when we start Monday, we can start giving all the rest of them as they come along. Um, Instead of keep saying them all over and over all the time from start to finish. Um, Father God, we thank you once again. Yes, Jesus. We thank you for letting us come and join each other inside of your program, not ours, but your program. We thank you for letting us be the vessels that put the program together this evening for our young people. And, Father God, we just thank you for our young people. 
Father thank God, you. we thank you for the things you're doing and the things you're about to do and shall do in their lives. And Father God, we thank you for for waking us all up this morning. Some of us woke up. Some of us woke up as we went to sleep. Some of us woke up dealing with ailments or body parts that weren't acting right this morning. But Father God, we thank you that that you still gave us an opportunity to get up, praise you, and also know that you are a healing God and you're a healer. And Father God, we just thank you for being one that will heal us no matter what we're dealing with. Father God, just right now I call out for healing on my body right now as I'm going through some things, and I call out a healing for those that are on the line tonight. We ask you in the name of Jesus to pour down an anointing on the line tonight. There will be a healing anointing, you know, because, Father God, the devil is alive. He's going to stop us from doing what you have us to do. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. And we just ask you to touch us in a mighty way, Father God. We ask you to touch us from the top of our heads. To the souls of our feet, Father God, with your healing hand. You said in your word, by your stripes we are healed. That's what you told me. You said, by your stripes we are healed. And, Father God, I challenge you to your word right now to bring about a healing on our bodies. All those that desire healing and have been speaking up, Father God, I ask you to touch them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Father God, I ask that whatever the adversary has brought against their body, mind, soul, or spirit, Father God, that you cancel it out right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Father God. Father God, I ask that you don't hinder us from being what you have us to be. You strengthen us, Father God, that we may be all we can be inside of your kingdom. In the name of Jesus. Father God, I ask you. To touch our young people tonight, Father God. Touch them that we can hear from you and them, Father God. Touch them in a mighty word, Father God. Father God, let those that come on the line be able to join in and talk and ask questions to the young people and be able to let them know that we love them just as much as you love them, Father God. Let us show it, Father God, and being able to ask them and talk with them tonight, Father God. In the name of Jesus, Father God. Father God, because there may be something that you have poured in them that we need to hear, that we can't hear from one another. Yes, Father God. Your word would not say out of the mouth of babes if if there wasn't something that can come out of our children. Father God, let us have an ear to hear. Let us have an ear to hear. The word of God out of our children tonight. In our name of Jesus, Father God, we just thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for looking over us all over the day. Thank you for looking over our family, friends, and our loved ones, Father God. We even thank you for looking over our enemies, Father God. Those that oppose us in, in every way, form, and fashion. But we thank you, Father God, for looking over them in a mighty way. Father God, we also. We also, Father God, ask you to comfort all those that are in leadership under the ministry and the covering that you have put on me to cover uh, and and, uh, Pastor Pastor Charles, Evangelist Easter, Pastor Albright, Elder Renee, Father God, Pastor 
sewage over in the Bahamas, Father God. Father God, I thank you for for giving me the opportunity to be the covering over all these ministries, Father God, but I ask you to empower them as you empower me to be all I can be in your kingdom, Father God, that they will do nothing other than what your word says, Father God. They will not go right, go left, but they will go down the straight and now, and according to your will and your purpose in their lives right now in the name of Jesus, they will not stagger and moving into what your word has directed them to do, no matter who it is or what it is. It could be their mama, their daddy, their uncle, their husband, their loved ones, but they shall, they shall move according to your word, Father God. I ask you to cover them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Cover those ministries. Cover those calls, those, those, those outreach ministries, Father God, and all those that are under them, Father God, all those that follow them and that they cover, Father God, I ask you to touch them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Mm-mm-mm. Father God, we just thank you. We praise you and we exalt you. And Father God, any any anything that the adversary may try to bring across this line tonight, Father God, we bind it right now in the name of Jesus. Your word said that which we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, that which we loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. And we bind any negative spirits that may come on this line tonight in any form, fashion, or way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Let's give God a hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We need to let our young people know what it is to praise the God we serve. Oh, yeah. The Bible. Yeah, the Bible says that he is worthy. He is worthy to be praised. Oh, Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, there ain't a lot of us online, but you know what? What I used to love about the old church, we would get in there and start praising God, and you could hear us all the way down the road. I, I looked at the, pur- the color of purple the other day, and that segment where they're singing at the church, and everybody's at the juke joint, and they can hear them singing from the church. That they had to come out the juke joint and go down there and join in. That's how that's how we used to praise God. We need to start praising God like that. Again. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
Worthy to be praised. He always come through. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you, Thank you, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank Oh, yes, 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 oh, Jesus. Thank you. yes, 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 thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. I thank, thank all you. those, I thank everyone that, that took the time out to be with us tonight, and also the, those that lifted up the name of Jesus and gave honor and glory and praise unto our Lord. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Father. Who is who is the Alpha and the Maker in the beginning and the end? He is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And we thank you for praising him this evening. With that, I'm gonna go on and give the announcements and then I'm gonna turn it over to our host, Evangelist Easter Williams. Amen. Every next next Saturday night it will be we will be here at seven o'clock. And it will be the Real Talk Show. Please join us. Um, I am the host of it, so I really don't know what God is going to put on my spirit to happen next. Uh, today, he has a program for me to tell you what's going to happen next week. But as soon as he does, just join us. We're, we're, we're in ministry with all the ministries that are part of the ministries of God during the week. So we're on from Sunday all the way to Saturday, really from Sunday to Sunday. We're on seven days a week. So please join us and you'll hear what be going on. And we will we will announce what is going to happen next Saturday on the Real Talk Show. On Sundays, we have Sunday service, 4 o'clock program, where we invite different pastors, leaders, to come and give a, a word on Sunday evening, and it's a blessing to any of you on the line or anyone that may listen to this recording. Come join us and be blessed. Even though you got a word Sunday morning, ain't nothing and getting a double portion of the word of God on Sunday evening. So come join us at 4 o'clock, and that number is 712-775-7031. I'm trying to memorize these things, so let me now I gotta look for the I gotta go to my book anyway. <laughs> I've memorized the telephone number, but now I gotta try to and I I'll be glad when when uh uh Evangelist Easter may find a shorter number that I won't have to remember this long one. But it's nine it's nine it's nine five four seven seven three one Seven two pounds. Amen. And amen. I just thank God for what He's doing to me because I got I got five ministries that I got to remember phone numbers and call numbers for. And that that was the first second longest number until we changed our New York cruise number. They had the longest. So we thank God for that, and we thank God for Sunday. And then every Monday we're on, we have Bible study. So if you miss us on on Sunday, on Monday, 7 o'clock, we'll be on this same number you're on right now. For Bible study, come join us. We are in the book of Romans. Come 
and join with us and share in the word of God. And with that, I am going to end the um, calls. We'll, on Monday, we'll, we'll give out all the rest of the announcements for the rest of the week on Monday. And with that, I turn it over to our host, Evangelist Easterwood. God bless, God bless, God bless everyone, everyone on the line tonight and everyone that's on their way. Um, I have some inbox messages stating that, well, the devil is busy. Some of them can't um, log in, and some of them um, are going to be late, so a little late. Um, We praise God for that, and we hope and pray that they can um, get on on this line. Um, I'm so excited um, for this youth night because this is what it's all about these days. Mm -hmm. We need to be reaching out more. Um, with our youth, because the devil is yes, trying to God. get in them and, and take them away as well. Yes, yes. Therefore, I'm so excited about what um, what Sister Beverly Palmer um, she deals with the youth, and um, she's the daughter of the evangelist that we heard that Wednesday night evangelist Brenda Palmer. She's the daughter, and, and we, you, you all know we got a powerful message from her that night. So like I told you all, there's ministers, in the, and they have so many ministers in, the, in their family. So I do know Beverly loves the Lord. Sister Palmer yeah. loves the Lord, and she loves people. I know that for a fact because oh. we are in the same church. Um, she's a member of Hopewell EME Church, where the pastor is, um, Pastor Carlon J. Milliton, and she's currently serving now as a steward in the church. She's a pharmacist technician, and I've known her ever since she was a baby. <laughs> but now when you go to, um, if you come and visit Hopewell EME Church, and if she's up there, she's going to praise the Lord. She's going to pray uh, pray to the Lord. She's going to pray to the people. She yes. encourages the youth. She's a member of um, on the youth board um, as well, a longtime member of dealing with the youth, engaging in the youth. So, therefore, I introduce you all to sister, my sister, our sister in Christ, Beverly Palmer. Hello, everybody. Hello. God bless. It is wonderful to hear everybody's voice. I'm excited to hear um, what the Lord would have us to hear today. And I bless God for the invitation. I thank God for Reverend Carpenter. And I thank God for Evangelist William. The invitation, I am delighted. And most of all, I am humble. Praise God. Um, Amen. Do we have any youth on the line at the moment? No youth on the line at the moment? Can y'all hear me? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, we're going to go ahead and start and bless God. Um, Reverend Carpenter has already prayed, but I'm going to um, just pray a short message, a short prayer over what we're about to receive, okay? Okay. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for your grace, your mercy. God, we thank you for your compassion. And, God, we ask that you open up our hearts and our minds, that, God, that we will receive what you would have us to receive, that, God, and we pray that it will fall on fertile ground. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. 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 Tonight we're going to look at uh, write the vision and make it plain. Can I get everybody to repeat after me? Write the vision and make it plain. Write um, write the vision. Yes, ma'am. Write the vision. Write the vision. Write the vision and make it plain. Write the vision and make it plain. Amen. 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 I am excited about this. As you know, all of us are in transition regardless of what age that we might be. We're in transition in our lives, whether it's from a student moving from middle school to high school, or if it's a high school student going into college, and then you have... Um, by the time they're out of college, they're moving from being single to into marriage. Then you got you moving from marriage, then you're having children. That transition. Then you move from children to you're trying to get to retirement. Amen. 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 So in this transition, in every life, in every area of our lives, we're dealing with the place of transitioning. And then uh, we talking about also the topic of vision. So uh, some of us. Regardless of what area we like or that we're at, we're dealing with the fact of God giving us a vision on what He expects of us. And in that vision, we're even giving birth. We have natural birth, then we're giving birth to things that God has assigned to our hands. Whether it's having children, becoming a mother, becoming a father. Nevertheless, it's an assignment. And in that assignment, God expects us to be stable, established. And then most of all, he expects us not to be unstable. So in other words, there are certain things that come in our lives that cause us to distract. There are certain things that come in our lives that cause us to second guess. And then and then all of these things, most of the time, they take place in the place of transitioning. And so in other words, God wants to cause us to be stable. He wants to cause us to be confident in this movement of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're, gonna look, so we're gonna look at the scripture of Habakkuk. We're gonna look at Habakkuk two. Habakkuk two and two. And if I can get uh, anyone to read that that's on the line for us. That's a back of two and two. Let me know when you all get it. We're in no rush. We're just going to walk through what God has us to walk through. As in the Old Testament. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. Um, you want someone to read it? I'm sorry. I was yes. on yes, you yes. And, and inboxing some people because they say they're trying to get online. Okay, you did say chapter 2 and 2. Uh-huh, yes, ma'am. Okay. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon ta- um, tables that he may run that readeth it. God, uh, amen. That was confirmation. Someone else read that um, during, I think this week, the same chapter. <laughs> confirmation. This is awesome. I know, uh, my Lord. And verse, verse 3 says, For still the vision of which is appointed time, it hastens to the end, it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. Surely come, it will not delay. Okay, when we look at the word vision, when we look at the word vision, can somebody somebody tell me what they think of when they hear the word vision? I got my sister in here for me. She said, see something. To see something. <laughs> the reverend says that to see something. When we look at the word vision, it says to have the ability to see. Um, another one says something that you can see or dream, especially as a part of religious or supernatural experience. In other words, there's there's no by chance when when you are when God has given you a vision, it's not by chance. It is with a purpose. And, and if anybody has taken any notes, can we um, go ahead and make a notation that a vision is given with purpose. A vision is given to serve purpose. Now, it's, it's saying having the ability to see. Now, what are one of the utensils that we need in order to in order to, to have the drive to finish this, the, the vision, to carry out the vision? What, is he asking, what, what would be that God is asking for? Write the vision, make it plain. Oftentimes when God shows us something, it's, sometimes it causes us to run in the opposite direction. What causes us to run in the opposite direction? What would cause us to run in the opposite direction? Jesus, Jesus. What will cause us? <laughs> um, I'm sorry. What will cause us to run in the opposite direction? I'm running uh-huh. the opposite direction. Even when, even though. Ben. It's Sin. You, you said sin? Yes. One of them is sin. It um, is. the flesh. What else? When you know you're not living according to his words. You're not living to according to his words. What what because us does not want us to line up? You don't want to make a change. Don't want um we don't want to change from our wicked ways or um, from a, our sinful ways. That's a good answer. And also what? people um, by listening at the wrong people. Um, what, causes, what causes us not to change? The word of God. What causes us not to want to change? The word of God, the fear, the fear of God. Yes, 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 mother. Yes, let, let's look at let's look, let's look at the word fear. If God, when God, when we talk about fear, it says it, the word of God lets us know that He has not given us the spirit of what 
Power. Power, what else? Mind. And a sound mind. Now, when we look at the scripture, it says, and when we go back to the text, it says, write the vision, make it plain on the tablet. Now, when we look at plain, plain, when we're thinking about plain, what are we thinking about? Plain is clear. So to be unstable. Easy to read. Easy, come on, Reverend. Easy to read. Uh, so, in other words, when we, when, when the things that cause us to not acknowledge the vision, to not acknowledge the, the the purpose of God, um, fear comes as a what? When it comes to our vision and our purpose, it comes. It comes as a what? Distraction. A distraction. So what we're dealing with. So when we're dealing with distraction. So in other words, in the book of Habakkuk. God wanted us to deal with the fact he knew when he gave us a vision, he knew that when he gave us a purpose, he knew that we would have been dealing with that spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. So in other words, the, the first instructions that he gave unto us, he said the first thing to do, if we're taking notes, and I hope that we are, the first thing he told us to do when it comes to even carrying out a vision, to carrying out an assignment, he told us to write the vision down. Yes. Glory to God. And after writing the vision down, he then told us to, the purpose of writing it down was to make it plain. Yes. So yes. the first thing was write the vision. Second thing is make it plain. In other yes, words, so in other words, he's saying don't second guess. <laughs> so in other words, in, 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 this, in this topic, God is actually, he's trying to establish our faith. Write the vision, make it plain on the tablets of our hearts. If we can go to Hebrews 11 and 1, we have already established the fact that the vision, to have a vision is having the ability to see. Having the ability to see. Mm-hmm. And to have sight or even eyesight. Now, Hebrews 11 and 1, read that for me. Now, faith is, the, is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancestors were commended for. So in other words, we're at a he- Hebrews 11 and 1 now. It's telling us that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So in other words, the vision is the very thing that we're what? The vision is the very thing that we're what? Hoping for. Hoping for. So in other words, It may not not be tangible yet, but because it's the very thing that we're hoping for, the thing that gives us the hope is the what? Hello? I listen. Oh, I'm sorry. I I, I had my phone on mute, um, um, Sister Palmer. I, I was just doing some things. I'm listening, but I'm, I'm answering some of the inbox messages trying to get on this line. 
Listen, I ain't trying to answer everything she says, so y'all join in now. So the vision is actually what, is what we are hoping for. So in other words, the, the very thing that we don't have yet, it says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So in other words, although we're not able to put our hands on it yet, so in other words, in Habakkuk 2 and 2, he's telling us that our faith must be established. So in this first step, even in the step of writing the vision down and make it plain, Christ in this particular text, at verse 2, he is actually dealing with our faith. Because in, in other words, this is the, even as I carry out the vision, we're dealing with a walk. Amen. So in other words, the walk is the ability to they have the ability to carry out the assignment. So the first thing into carrying out an assignment is God say, okay, let me let me let me sit you down so so I can deal with you as an individual. Let me sit you down and let me deal with you. So in other words, let me deal with self. Let me establish the vision in you because there will be things that come to distract you. There will become things that that comes to cause you to second guess, and there will even become things that come to as to fear. Because you should fear the very thing that God has given you. It may be the thing of a provision, a lack of provision, a lack of support. And then it may be also individuals. The very thing that we think that the person that should support, the very thing that it may be a husband, a spouse, that we think should support, and then, and then God will say, no, I need you to deal we will think sometimes this is that God may send you to an individual, and you may feel in your heart also that you should go to a different individual. But God said, no, I need you to go to this person. It may even be to a person you don't even know. But the, the, the thing is, is God has, he knows the ending of a thing. So in other words, God is preparing us to make some drastic moves in our transition. Take in mind, I gave examples earlier of that when we're dealing with the division often takes often takes place when we're in a place of transitioning. And specifically, I named out those things of transition on purpose because that's where the enemy comes to distract us at. When we're on the right track, when we're focused, and then when it's time to make a move, sometimes you're second guess. God said, I'm coming to reassure this thing. This, before, the, before the work begins, I need the truth to be established. And what is the truth? The word. The, the word of God. And he said, those that worship me must worship me in spirit and in what? And truth. And in truth. Glory to God. So now what God is trying to establish now, even with him giving you an assignment, is also establishing the relationship. So even in our assignment, God is trying to make the relationship firm. Glory to God. Now, in this particular passage, it could be the relationship with him, but also when you're dealing even with relationship with others, God is also taking the time to establish the relationship with people. Uh, because when we're, when we're carrying out purposes and when we're carrying out assignments, God is trying to establish the loyalty among men. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So in other words, when we're trying to build a business, when we're trying to build a family, God said you 
still the vision awake. It's upon a time. It hastens to the end. However, the vision will not lie. If it seems slow, what did it tell us to do? Wait on Wait for it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Sometimes we get off track because we're out of the timing of God. But God is trying to tell us just because you go and deceive us, though it's not going to work. Just because the Hebrews said that the enemy puts an illusion of something that probably is not it. God, we got to be able to make, we, we said earlier that we must worship him in spirit and what? In the truth. So Hallelujah. So in order to worship God in spirit and truth, why is this needed? Because I got to be able to have the ability to walk with God in the spirit. Amen. 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 God, I'm excited about this word here tonight. So in other words, when we're dealing with the vision, it's telling us to write it, the vision first. Second, it told us to make it plain. Third, it requires us to have faith. It requires us to have faith. Second, I'm sorry, four. Faith is here to let us know. Faith is here to let us know and to remind us of the vision. Faith is here to let us know. And to remind us of the vision. A relationship of spirit and truth. A relationship of spirit and truth. Is required in order to follow God. In the spirit. The spirit. Is my phone the only one breaking up? Your phone is breaking up? Yeah, I can't. It's like you're going in and out. Yeah, I can't hear everything either. Really? Yes, it's hard to catch it because you're going in and out really bad. Okay, say something. Say something again, Beverly. I think she's clear now. Say something again on on the on the on the subject on the topic. Okay. Uh, third requires us. Uh, Walk up and the vision requires us to have faith. Can you okay? Um, uh, can you all hear that? Yes, I can. Okay, it's better. Okay, he's back. The vision requires us to have faith. Amen. 
Okay, if you hear me say amen, please. And I missed all of that. I, all I heard was the spirit and you went out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Yeah, she said the vision um, causes us to have faith. The vision I think that's... requires, yes, ma'am. The vision requires us to have faith. Amen, yes. The spirit of worship requires spirit and truth. Amen. And we need the spirit in order to see clearly. Amen, amen, amen. Yes. And the next and our next note that we want to make is that it says in verse three of Habakkuk, verse two and three. Y'all still can hear me? Yes. Okay. Verse two and three. For still the vision waits, it's appointed time, it hastens to the end, it will not lie. Oftentimes when we're walking to carry out the purpose and the vision, I know that the word of God said life and death is in the power of our tongue, but it's also knowing when to speak. Amen. When we're dealing with the vision that God has assigned to us, in other words, when we're dealing with speaking life and death on our earth, you speak to your purpose, you speak to the vision by saying this shall work. Not necessarily all the time saying, telling every every step that the Lord has given to you to give to others, because oftentimes it is now often it's now required for you to walk it out more than say than just talk it out. Because in verse 3, when we're looking at it, it says, For the still, for still the vision awaits, it's appointed time, and hastens to the end, it will not lie. In order for something to lie, it will have to speak. So right now, in verse 3, God is saying, less talking, more working. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there for a second, Sister Palmer. To give, um, is there any youth on the line yet, or uh, any parents have a question or com- comment that they would like to share with um, Sister Palmer? Is there any youth on the line that would like to speak? Uh, uh, any parents would like to ask questions or comments to um, with Sister Palmer? Because this is an open forum. She's the guest. She's the um, uh, um, she's she's open for comments or questions, whatever. As well. Okay, you can go ahead and continue, um, Sister Palmer. Okay. So we're we're still just to revamp a little bit. <laughs> Everyone still there? Yeah, I want to ask a question. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, your your topic is on the vision tonight. Yes, as far as the young people's concerned? Yes, sir. Okay. How do we, as parents, move into their vision that God has given them? How do we, we as parents, bring them to understand the vision that God has given them? Has given to the youth? Right. 
Because you're talking about vision, and you're talking about right of down. And a lot of our young people have visions that they really don't understand. And they come to their parents sometimes saying, you know, God is showing me this, he's showing me that. What do you advise the parents to do to help that young person understand what God is showing them? Okay, so the, the uh, we said earlier in the in the in the forum we were talking about spirit. It requires not all parents are able to recognize the vision or the purpose that's in their child's life. So it goes back also to the parent requiring to have the spirit of God in them. Mm-hmm. Now for for the parent. Now, for the parent that's able to recognize the vision and the purpose that's in their child's life, it's it's now the parent's job to go back to to the the verse where it says, write the vision. Let's start there. Let's go back to saying, write the vision. In other words, we now got to teach them because even in this vision, God is also requiring us to be disciplined. So how do we how do we present the fact that we're disciplined, that we're doing correctly? God is requiring us to follow the instructions as far as write it down. That's the first. Write it down. So what do I do after I write it down? Because that's that's a question, okay. Um, I'm gonna take you out of your loop for one minute. I'm a young person. I so, but I'm with my. Sounds like you're breaking up. Um, your phone line is messing up. We really can't hear. Can you hear? Oh, it's it's you going in and out. Somebody traveling or something? That's That's me, Evangelist Waterman. Hold on. Evangelist Waterman, how are you? God bless you. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm sorry for getting along. I just did a wedding. I'm on my way back from a wedding. That's why I'm coming in late. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Reverend Carpenter. Can you all hear me now? Yes, Yes, sir. Okay. I'm a young person. My parents don't go to church, but I go to church. God has given me a vision. How would you direct me to go to find out about me understanding the vision that God gave me? Say that again. I'm a young person. I'm a young person. I don't, my parents don't go to church, but I do. I go with my friends. And the other night, God gave me a vision, but I I don't understand the vision. Who do I seek out to find out to understand the vision that God gave me? And I done did everything that Habakkuk said. I wrote it down and did all that, but I still can't make out. It says, what, 
what I should do. It says also, it says also to wait for the re- revelation has its appointed time. So in other words, even as a child that's being developed with a purpose or vision, it's like them trying to find out their major. I know I, I, it's a simple thing as being active in the church. I've, I've, I've been on every board because I was required to, but now as I get older, now my gifts are developing. So now I have to wait until God reveals unto me what it is my assignment is. So even as a child may want to seek out, because there are a lot of things that go on in a child's mind that neither the parents don't know, even the even pastors don't know. So that they, so so the child doesn't know. Even it may be the child may be still we're operating under the spirit, but as far as just by a simple thing as waiting and waiting to get a clearer vision, waiting to know who to go to for assistance. It's like a, it's like them trying to figure out their major. They 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 know they're supposed to go to the goddess counselor, but maybe they're not being led to go to the goddess counselor. That's gonna be that was gonna be a, a question that I was going to ask to um Sister Palmer, um and when I asked her, anybody else to have comments can jump into onto uh, this um, question too. Why do sometimes um, some of the youth um, will reach out to strangers? Um, before they do their parents, just like if they want need something, if they're bothered with something, and um, and need to talk to someone about the situation, why do they reach out to a stranger or, or, or another person before they talk with their parents? Also, I would still have to say it deals with that assignment. There are people that are assigned to you. And although your parents are assigned to you, um, mm-hmm. when we're dealing with assignments, you, it's not. Let me go back to the thing of for as a student, as a first grader. It's not by chance that a first grader ended up with the teacher that they ended up with. Because that teacher was chosen from the very beginning of the earth. So it depends on who am I assigned to. Who's here to cultivate me? And although the parent is there, and also God also uses these things to show us that although I'm the parent, I'm not only the one that's in the cultivation of my child's purpose. Now, as a parent, it is that Paul, when he was teaching Timothy and when he was teaching Titus, he was assigned to them. Mm-hmm. He was assigned to them. And although they walked out the calling in the ministry, Paul came when it was needed. Paul told Timothy to be gentle with my people. Mm-hmm. So in other words, when we're walking out, when we're being cultivated, then God is saying that I have you assigned to certain people. So in other words, we're still yet being led by the Spirit. Can I, can I say something? <laughs> yes. yes. Can I just piggyback off you, uh, Minister? Yes, sir. 
a lot of times when our children, and I was a school teacher, a lot of times when our children go to people other than their parents is because they feel a relationship to that person. Mm-hmm. And then if they go to a total stranger, it's because of the relationship that they have with their parents about what they're getting ready to talk about. Right. Um, just to show you what I'm talking about, um, I I I'm going to school, and one day one of the fifth-grade girls had a problem on the bus, and they took her to the counselor's office, and the counselor, a bunch of women were trying to talk to her, and she was crying and wouldn't tell them what happened. And they asked her, well, who will you tell? And she said, I'll tell Mr. Carpenter. And they came out of my classroom and got me. I came up. I saw the young lady. And I sat there and I talked to her, and I asked her what she's crying about. And she said because she started bleeding on the bus and she didn't know what happened and the boys were making fun of her. And I came out and told the lady, the lady counseling them what happened, and they could not believe that she would tell a man and not a bunch of women. And I told them it's because of the relationship that she has embraced with me that she felt comfortable telling me. I don't, you know, when you meet a person with a kind heart, you tell them anything. Right. And that, that, those that worship must worship the spirit and the truth. You carry that spirit of true love. Mm-hmm. And, that, and because the spirit in you, the spirit in you drew her, drew her to you. Amen. God says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto thee. Amen. Because, Christ, because Christ lives in you, she was drawn to the God that's in you. Glory to God. She was drawn to the God that was in you. Amen. 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 So in other words, if we possess, even even when we on this walk, and, I, and this 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 is this word is alive and vibrant. I'm telling you, it, it, it's for every student that's on here. It's for everybody that's in transition. If we carry that same spirit that Christ is talking about, which is Him Himself, in us. In this transition of carrying out the vision and the walk, even through the young young girl, it is going to cause people to draw. She was drawn to you, but it caused you to also be drawn to her because then you look at it as you being able to care for her as a daughter. So God is using this, this thing to be an attraction. It's like a magnet. She attracted you, you attracted her. Even in the student-teacher relationship, because what it is, he's causing it to walk to grow. It is almost like he's causing the business to grow. He's he's trying to cause yes, yes. he's causing the kingdom to grow. Even even through the youth. Because the sons of us to dream dreams and to see visions. That's what it's about. They are the they are the carrier of this momentum. I call the young because they're wise. I call the old because they're wise, and I call the young because they're strong. So, in other words, the old is here to give the instruction, but the young is here to carry it out. They're the footwork of the kingdom. So, 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 how could I assist? Which was a good question. How can I assist? Someone that's young. 
vision and see the purpose in the in, in the young. Their job is to come and sit. The young shouldn't always have to ask for help. You know why? Because the elders and the old ones are watching. Instructions Amen. Amen. And you know, my daughter. Did y'all hear me? Hello? I can't hear you. Okay, this is Andrew Waterman. Uh, my, my, daughter, my kid is, is listening. And uh, my my daughter had said a good point just now. Mary, you Mary, say it again. Can y'all hear her? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Speak up. I said a lot of times we as kids speak to people. Can y'all hear her? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Okay, hold on. Let me get her to take the phone. Okay. Okay. Hey, she's, 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 she's hold on. She's the old, old, the 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 old, a lot of times we as kids speak to other adults because we want other opinions on a problem. And sometimes we don't want our parents to know what we're going through at that time, so we'll want something from another person to help us with the situation that don't know us and don't even know what they're talking about. That's why we just go to other people. That's it. Yeah, she just asked the um um she just asked or made a comment. She's sixteen years she's sixteen years old, Evangelist Waterman. Hello. She's sixteen. Yeah, she's yeah, sixteen. Okay. Yeah. Sixteen. What's her name? Mary. Mary. I'm sorry. Say it one more time for me, sweetheart. Mary. Mary. You made a very good point, a very good point. And the reason why you made a very good point, I said that, is because oftentimes, as 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 you, oftentimes as adults, and oftentimes even even the wiser ones, oftentimes we make mistakes. And, And for you. For you to make that comment, you said that we all go to other people because we don't want to um, to be specific about what you're going through. You chose some uh, you chose someone else. Oftentimes, that comes from us not wanting. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, 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 oh,
Also, um, sometimes um, um, with that being added to what um, Reverend Carpenter and Sister Palmer is saying, and with Evangelist Waterman, who's raising such great kids, but the comment that Mary made was a wonderful comment, but as she stated that when some of the other kids go to other people, it's because sometimes when they want to go to their parents and explain the situation to their parents, their parents look like they're not paying attention. Or no. they're not, they don't want to hear it. Or they want to accuse um, their own child for something that they want to explain. They want to make like it's their fault. So, therefore, this is where they go find someone else who will listen. But we also have to be very careful to know that sometimes the person sometimes who they goes to do not have their good intention. This is why so many homosexuals and and, and stuff going on with the with our youth because they 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 go to they goes to the wrong person. And that's why it's so important for a parent to make sure and listen at that child when that child have a situation, um, and not to frown up and be mad because. They're getting ready to, to talk with them, and they got their mind on their man or whatever. They're angry with their man, so they can't listen at what they're telling You know me. I'm just keeping it real. That is And could I just say this? Evangelist um, Waterman, when you get to a settled place, that we that you and your daughter could come back on the line. I want to ask you. I'm on the line now. Over this, over this, whenever you get a chance. Reverend, yeah, can you hear me? No, we you can't Okay, let me. Okay, y'all, this is Vanessa Woman. Can y'all hear me? Yes. Okay, uh, we we stop at a store right now, so we we uh, we can talk for a minute. Okay. okay. Can I, can I, Minister, Minister, can I ask can my I daughter ask a question? question? Hello? 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 Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a question, question. Dad. I talk to a lot of my granddaughter. I talk to her about the customers. How do you deal with this? Yeah, call him. Yeah, call him. He'll be back. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Hello, there we are. Yes.
Hello? 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 Yeah, some of you got to take your phone off the speakerphone. Hello, Marie. Okay. Okay, is Mary still online? Yes. Okay, Mary. I want to ask you this question. How do you deal with the whole uh, in the schools today with uh, other ladies being in the Still not uh, uh, still they're still not clear, um, Reverend Carpenter. Okay. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me, Mary? Yes, Mary. Okay, Mary. I'm gonna ask you this question again. How do you, as a Christian young lady, deal with same same relationships in school? Hello? Did you hear that question, Mary? I think she's gone now, too. (laughs) Evangelist Watermill, are you still on? Is the minister still on? I'm still here. Evangelist Walton was at a store, and um, they probably um, will come back on once they leave that that store. Maybe they had a bad connection or whatever. So we go we we gonna go on any uh, go ahead with the comments and questions. Anybody that's on the line, Reverend Carpenter, you can can, um, ask Mary when she gets back. I think they're probably leaving this traveling home. Hello, Minister. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, I'm. Uh, what's what's your name? Beverly. Okay. Uh, Minister Beverly. Uh, as you were, as you, as we were talking, that that one of the strongest things that Mary was said, and you, and you, you came back on, was the fact that she knew that she had accountability to what was going to go on. And I think that that's something that a lot of our young people miss about their own accountability to some of the things that go on inside of them being in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Because because we, we, we sometimes are, are, are the images of, oh, hallelujah, uh, unaccountability. Do you know Christian people don't like to take accountability for nothing? Right. That's very true. <laughs> so very that was awesome to hear when you said that you would see that she was just talking about her being able to be accountable. To, you know, and, and that's a blessing on her because a lot of young people do just what they see the older people do, and we'll pass the buck. Or we'll make an excuse, well, you know, my plate, or you know I wasn't feeling good. We'll make an excuse 
to not be accountable for what our mouth has said we would do. That's absolutely true. That is very true. Very true. Because and, and even with the small things as far as chores, as far as um, being active in church, it's, it's all it's, it's accountability shows what you are ready to, what responsibilities you are ready to handle as far as growing up from a teenager, moving into adulthood. It's just a simple thing as far as uh, washing dishes. It's a simple thing as when you're given the assignment of going to the store and coming right back. And, and, and as parents, we are held responsible in teaching that. And also, although it could be a simple thing as, Ma, I just dropped, um, picked somebody up to take them home. But the, 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 the instructions was to go to the store and come right back. And as and as adults, as she said, as far as going to other people, um, Sister Mary uh, said, as far as going to other people, that, that goes back also as us as being elders, seasoned in the Lord, that goes back to me saying that we cannot wait until a child is given an assignment or, 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 or asking for instructions. We are held accountable when we have the authority to give instructions to give instructions. Mm-hmm. Amen. We can't, we can't wait until a child really comes to ask the question before as far as what do we do after the purpose has been or the vision has been given to the child. There's someone that has been assigned to that child. Even if the child is in the store and you're behind them and you notice that there's something different about them or there's something as far as the thing is you telling that child, sweetie, you have a nice day. That can cause a child right then and there to cause her to go straight home where she probably would decide to go somewhere else. It's about us being also, when we're walking out the purpose of the vision, it's about us being in the spirit and being able to walk according to the instructions God has given us also. And that's the reason why even when we talk about writing the vision, make it plain, we must be about our father's business. And when we train up a child in the way they should go, that's Hello? also i got to follow instructions because I, I'm not just about my business, but I'm about my father's business. And Amen. We have, teach, we have to teach them early that you have an assignment. Yeah, but, that, but you know what? You know what? When I recognize that we have an assignment, that means I'm more careful even as a young lady. That means I'm, I'm, I'm more careful as far as I know that I should keep myself. We're talking about accountability, and I know some children but, said... But, they, but minister,
because oftentimes they don't know the vision is. I'm, there's nothing wrong with me having the vision of desiring to be want to be married. And because if that is established in a child when they're in the dating age, that means I know that I should keep myself because my desire, the vision is, is that I desire to be married. That means have, there's nothing more, there's nothing different than a psychologist that's coming to a child and said, okay, we're going to give you three goals. And we're going to say, here, write down the actions to get to this goal. When do you feel like accomplishing these goals? There's nothing different than the word of God, than what the word of God has already said. Amen? Amen. Amen. I mean, I agree. Well, I think, that, I, think, I think that we miss being accountable for these children because we like to show them off. And and, and 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 some of y'all laughing because y'all know what I'm talking about. Oh, and I give y'all an example. Oh, you see, so anointed. Oh, oh, you should just you should just see her. She can see things, and God is showing her things. And I'm saying she's so anointed. We're good to say about the anointing on a child, but we're not good. And I'm going back to what the minister said. We're not good in instructing them or bringing them to people that can teach them how to walk in the lane with a gift that God has put on them to be able to walk in. Amen. Come on now. Y'all know y'all got people all the time. Oh, she's oh, that little girl, that little girl gonna be she's so anointed. She got an anointing on her. Just listen to her talk or listen to him talk. Oh listen, he's a little preacher. He's a little this. But yet these kids do not grow up and what they all say they are. Because nobody takes the time out now. The Somebody needs to put their phone on the on the highway or something. Thank you. But that's where our accountability, where do we where do we step into our accountability unto the vision that God has given? And Habakkuk 1, he tells them, he tells them one thing, and I, I love what Habakkuk said. Habakkuk said, I had to wait to be corrected. Now, I've been waiting for you all to talk about that part. He had to wait to be corrected on the vision that God gave him. Because when we get a vision, we see what we, we see, and we can see it from a natural perspective and not a spiritual and get ready to jump in it. But when it was talking about that he waited, it's because of the first part of when you read Verse 1, and he talks about he's at the gate, at the top of the gate. I don't have the scripture in front of me, but I, I know it verbatim. He was at the top of the gate. He's a watchman, but yet he had to be wait to be corrected. And when he got corrected, that's when he said, write the vision down and make it plain. And we have to, we have to, we have to train up our young people to be able to seek correction in what they see. Amen. Anyone else want to comment? This is the open forum. Reverend Carpenter and, and um, Sister Palmer is, talk, is speaking about tonight. I know we have some people on the line. So if there's anyone else wanting to comment or ask questions, the youth, parents, uh, the ones that's not parents. Hello. 
Hello, this is Evangelist Waterman. Uh-huh. This is Evangelist Waterman. Can y'all yes. hear me? Yes. Yes, we can okay, hear I'm having to mute and unmute my phone as I go through. But um, listening on both ends and me being a parent, you know, I'm a young parent, and I know, and I, I don't base my my raising my kids upon how my mom basically raised me, but I try to keep in mind the things and the lies that I told my mom when I was coming up as a youth. And Amen. one thing that I do, I told my kids, I will allow you to be a child because one thing I have to, one thing I have to know, I'm, I'm not, I'm in the church, I'm an evangelist, I'm carrying God's word, but before I got to this point, I did my share of, of life as well. So, Amen. you know, I have to allow y'all to have that room to be a child, but it's a boundary of where to take it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to talk to my 16, 13-year-old about sex yet because I feel like y'all not ready for that that century yet. Now, my 17-year-old, yes, I have talked to him about it because I know the temptations of life is very strong. And with that being said, it's better for me to, to, to then, you know, my thing is, yes, and don't get me wrong, I, te- I tell my kids, do not have sex until you're married, okay? And my kids will tell you that. But at the same time, I got the world facing me too, and they're not, having, they're not living by that statute and that rule. So with that being said, I tell my son, I'm not telling you to go have sex, but if you choose to do so, you better protect yourself. You know, because at the same time, like I said, I'm not going to be so holy and thou and be naive and stupid at the same time. You know, but then at the same time, my kids, at some conversations and some situations, they, now my, my kids, they're very open-minded with me. They come talk to me about, they come talk to me about, a, you know, a lot of things. But then, like, you know, but then as my daughter was saying earlier, some things she don't want me to be judgmental by just because I'm her daughter. You know, she wants me to be open-minded. Now, as, like I said, I'm at my church, as Reverend Carpenter was saying earlier, how the little girl comes to him. Okay, at my church, you know, the, the kids, my nieces and nephews and other kids, they'll come talk to me. They'll come talk to me faster than, you know, than anything. I've had parents that, you know, have come to our church and see me working with the youth have gotten their, you know, not even a member of our church, but they see how I work with the youth, and they have a situation with their kids, they'll call me and ask me to talk to their child, you know. And so my thing is, you know, yes, when you come, you deal with youth, you have to get on their level. But then at the same time, you have to remember, you know, even though even though they, you are a child, you know, I can't expect for you to, and, you know, and, yes, as Reverend Carpenter said just now, and I and I agree with him 100, when he said about how we as parents put our kids on, you know, we, oh, she anointed, he anointed. But then at the same time, you know, we got to remember our kids got to be kids first. You know, they're going to have to go through different spots of life to find out, you know, and they're going to have to come to God on their own. They got to choose God on their own. We can't choose God for them. We got to pray, keep them up before God, but then we got to let them be children. Amen. So, therefore, um, um, uh, uh, very good points y'all made. Um, so, therefore, I've went to churches um, where eight-year-old have preached, ten-year-old say they the, the youth as preachers. 
Is, um, do you all think that was a vision or something that parents embedded in them? That was a vision for them because there's many um, preachers, eight years old, ten years old, and I've heard them, and they're, uh, I mean, much, very powerful preaching, um, more than some of the grown preachers. And they're eight years old and ten years old. So what do you all think about that? I believe, you know, I believe God, I mean, God is, I believe that God is using them, you know. Um, but my thing is you just got to, I, all I can say is filter it and, you know, let the spirit lead you because, you know, yes, some kids are praying, you know what I'm saying? But at the, at the same time, you got to pray and ask God, God, is this you, you know, or is this child just hearing what he hears? Because mm-hmm. children, will, children will mimic, but God Come on is now. Calling. Come on now. I'm waiting yes, for that. Amen. Yes, is mimicking, but yes, but in a lot of times you got to pray and ask God, God, is this you? Because you did say you calling, you know, calling as they're young. So, you know, you just got to filter and pray and ask God, God, is this you? And then let the, be led by the Spirit. Yeah, that's that's true. I, I, I believe some some kids do mimic. <laughs> But some kids, um, um, God, God, God can use babes. Just, just, just like your sixteen-year-old um, made that comment. Um, she made, she asked a question of of a grown person, but she got so much wisdom. And I do believe that God can use kid, um, the youth as well as the grown people, and and, and He can use the youth um, as putting a, 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 a anointed preacher in their mind because nowadays. Children, are, babies are coming out smart. Um, my granddaughter right now can go in my daughter's phone and put in her PIN code number. She's three years old. She can put her, uh, my daughter's PIN code number in order to get to her phone. So, therefore, I do believe that it's both. Ch- children can mimic, and some, God can use some of them. Amen. Amen. I uh does the minister want to say anything? Because she is a youth minister. Yes. I was you listening. I'm listening. Okay. I, I, I want to say this, um, and, and I agree with, with Evangelist Waterman. One thing you got you to gotta take, our young people, God, uh, God is calling them. And I was a kid, we used to imitate. And I talked about it the other day, how we used to come from church and imitate the preachers and fall out and shout and do all that, do all that good stuff. Like, and the people looked at us across the field and saw us having our little church after church. They just thought that we was full of the Holy Ghost, falling out and acting up. When we have young people, we have to really go in and seek out the gift that God has in them. Because I, I, agree, I agree with with, sister, with Evangelist Waterman. A kid could come in and imitate. I watch a little kid on Facebook all the time, and he's, he he is something else. They they let him preach and everything. But my spirit picks up the gift that he's he's trying to run in ain't the gift that God gave him. He get on he get on he did, she, his mother so little segments him all the time. He's preaching in his bedroom. He's preaching and people are asking him to come out and preach. But I hear the words that he say, and he's mimicking. I went to listen to his pastor, and he's mimicking his pastor. Every word that his pastor uses, the same words that he be using while he's doing his little preaches on the little video on, on Facebook. And I'm like, wow. And that's what my spirit is picking up. 
that he's he's imitating, but that ain't his call. And that's one of the reasons why the scripture told us to wait until the appointed time. Mm-hmm. And, Amen. As elders, as children, I mean, and, and even a child can have the gift of administration, but yet they still got to know to walk under someone. Um, Amen. So they won't mimic, but also that's why I said it, it, as young children, they as growing up, you're signed up to the usher board, you're signed up to the choir, but as time go by, they then begin to learn. They begin to learn that what it is Say it again, your, assi- <laughs> your assignment, what your assignment is. Amen. That, that's a part of training up the child. It is not duty as a parent. It's not duty as a minister. I, that that's a great assignment. That I must be in tune. I must be intact with what it is that the child is seeking out. So that I can be able to assist. Amen. And I, amen. And I think one of the powerful things you just said was what the Word of God says: train up a child in a way that it shall go. You, you, a child has to be trained. Okay. Jesus. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, when he was young, when he was young. Jesus was going through his training. Y'all go back and y'all read where he stayed in the synagogue when his mother and father came in for uh, uh, when they count all the people. I forget what we call them. We, we still do it now. And they all had to come in. And when they went back up, they got all the way down the road. And he wasn't there. But he stayed in the synagogue and he was talking because he was going through his training period. The father was allowing him to be trained by speaking to the elders. And they was astonished by the words that were coming out of his mouth. And when they came back, Mary and Joseph came back to get him, and they kind of went off, and they said, well, why did you do this to us? And he said, because I was about my father's business. And even when he was younger, uh, it says also that Mary and Joseph also put in the synagogue among the same people that went back. When he got older, and the same people that he went back and teach in the synagogue, he sat under them, and then he went back to teach the same people that he sat under. Because Amen. God is using, he's using this method so that the kingdom may grow. And that's the just like at Hopewell, at um, the um, church that we are a member of, and I watch um, as the youth, as from small babes, um, and now they're practically um, uh, a teenager or either adult. Um, they had leadership position, and they have leadership positions there at Hopewell. And these these youth is so trained to do the Urshel, to um to read scriptures and everything else and stuff like that. But my question right now is we got those youth, it's youth in the church, is doing the right thing up on God but with great leadership. But how do we reach those youth that's on the outside, that, um, that's on the outside, that is hurting, that, that feel like um, they have no one to turn to? 
this is what my um, I'm 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 wrestling with. It's some uh, so many youth on the outside that that need discipline and need someone to love them that don't have anyone to love them. How do we reach the, those those youth? You still there? Mm-hmm. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Mother, is it okay? I call you mother. <laughs> mother. Um, of course. <laughs> even even with um, the ones that's outside the church, um, because I deal with people outside the church also. It's uh, it's a matter of some water, some planet, and God give the increase. Um, so even in you doing what had, what you have been assigned to do as far as who you're assigned to, when you water, somebody's coming behind. When, when you plant, somebody's coming behind you to water, water and the increase is going to be given. And then the, the, I say again, and I'm, I'm going to stick to that. The Bible says, if he be lifted up, he would draw all men unto thee. And it, mm-hmm. goes, back, it goes back to us not being ashamed, not being scared, and moving, right. with, and moving in obedience when the Spirit says move to deposit whatever it is that needs to be deposited into that youth. And this, is how, and this is how we're going to cause the kingdom to grow from the outside in. Because also, even when we bring them in, we have to also be prepared for them because everybody's household is not the same. You got some parents that are single mother household, single father household. You got some people that's living in poverty. You got some people that's well off. But we are we're supposed to be able to be able to relate to one another so that we can grow together. Amen. 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 And 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 that is so true. That is so true. But along with what uh, your question. Uh, uh, evangelist, it's going to take, it's going to take our young people are going to draw the young people. And I'm going to tell you why. Because of the mentality that our young people have today, they can really only, they can only really communicate with, with one another. And why I say that, because a lot of our young people that's outside of the church today have no respect for one another and hardly have no respect for adults. That's very true. That's true. You know what I'm saying? And, and we look at it and we want to run out there as an adult and them them young kids will curse you out in a minute. They're, they're, I'm down in Florida right now and they don't care. They're beating up old people, robbing them. They're doing all kinds of things. That's very true. Because they have no respect, because they weren't brought up with no respect for, for right. their elders. Right. So I, the only I, I ones that the only ones that are going to be able to reach out for them right now is our children that are in the church, because they'll be able to talk to them on their level. And that's the reason why. That's a good point, Reverend. And that's the reason why the ones of us that have that have the that's in the church. That's the reason why it's so important to train the child that is or that's already within the church, simply because they need to know. They they they, need, they have to train so that they they don't tackle the thing. And they, when they face the people that's on the outside, you will know. So the 
in a way I agree, and then in a way I disagree, because we can't say because they're not raised up by their parents. We can say some, because some parents have raised kids with respect and how the way to go. But once they get out with the wrong crowd, if they're not strong, they was not if they're not strong, they're going to go another direction. But as they get older, they they will remember what their parents have taught them. So I, I agree and disagree with that because parents have, have taught their children respect and how to live. But once they get grown enough, uh, uh, they, they hang around with the crown crowd and they come in the house because they hear their, um, they're talking any kind of way back to their parents. So therefore they think they can come in the parents' household and talk the, the same way that their friends is talking to their parents. So, um, Sometimes it's not all the, the parents don't don't um, train them with respect. If some parents do train up a child the way they should go, but it's hanging out with the wrong crowd sometimes. Oh, I didn't say anything about the parents. I was oh no, I was, I was um, getting back to Reverend what Reverend Carpenter was oh. saying. Um, parents um, don't train um, um, the children with respect. I would just say some do and some don't. Understand. Understand. Well, what I okay, <laughs> I, what I was saying is that our children are not brought up to respect their elders. I don't care how much, how much you know, unless you have dealt with these these type of children, you can you you know we can speak from what we 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 receive it to be. But see, I got a ministry in South Carolina and uh, a men's group called the Janitors, right? And um. Right in some of the What name that again? I got a men's group in Somerville, South Carolina, and um, went down and they were having such a problem about a year ago. And um, what happened was that I've, I've been wanting to open up a program for uh, big sisters and, and big brothers, but they Man. were all put. They were putting that off, putting it off. And then I got a call, could you come down? And we're having a problem, we need you, and I came. And what that problem was that some of the men were having a problem because some of their daughters had moved out the house and got with some of the young men in the neighborhood that they grew up with, and the young men were living off their daughters. Mm. And, and they were in an uproar. And I came and I told them one thing. That same young man that's with your daughter, you saw every day, and you knew he came from a fatherless home. Because the majority of our population today, our kids are brought up by single parents. And you could believe it. You could go in the numbers. You could look it up if you want to, but you're going to see that there are more single mother homes than there are homes with two parents in it. Amen. And 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 there's no way that a mother can only see so much respect in a young man and being a man because a mother don't know what a man is. And see, I'm 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 here to tell you because I brought my daughter up. I got my daughter at 13. Her mother died when she was 12, and then I got her when she was turning 13. And I didn't know nothing about bringing up no little girl, but I had a little girl, and I went and got some help. For my sisters, because I told them, 
I don't know what it is to bring up a little girl. I can show her everything to be right, but I can't show her how to be a woman. I can show her how to respect herself, how to do all the things that a woman should do, but I can't tell her how to be a woman. It's going to take a woman to, to sow that stuff in them. And that's what I told them men, that it was their fault because if they would have helped them young man, now that young man won't be doing what he did, he was used to his mother taking care of him, so now he got with your daughter, and now your daughter wants to take care of him, so he's going to let her take care of him. You understand? Because <laughs> they only imitate what they see. It got quiet. I mean, <laughs> it got quiet. But that's the no, truth. No, no, I just, uh, and that's it, why. It's and, and that's I what, what Reverend Carpenter said. I'm here. I just stepped, I stepped out for just a moment. Okay. I'm here. Okay. Any comment Um, what Reverend Carpenter just said, stated, um, Sister Palmer? I agree. I agree. I agree. Because there's somebody that's waiting on us. Mm-hmm, yes. And because, and so God, is, he's wanting us to strategically to get our business together. And and that's why he was so firm. And then, Reverend Carpenter, he did do correction in the first chapter. But even after he did correction, he came back and did correction again in the second chapter when he told us to wait. Amen. After he, you get the business, he said, wait. And why did he tell us to wait? Because there's... There's some instructions. And oftentimes, we as people want to move without instructions. And that goes from the young to the oldest. And so, God is, so what he does, he challenges us. So right now, he's challenging actually the kingdom to carry out. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 And and you know, I can I, I just add on to what you said, Minister, and with the wait. And and what God wants us to also wait because He said that the vision may it and may be delayed, but wait on it because it shall come to pass. See, a lot of us are get the vision, and I had a pastor that I helped. And his vision would not come to fold. He was trying everything, and then he just was getting ready to give up on it. You know what I'm saying? Instead of waiting. Because when you wait, God will start bringing all the resources towards your vision for it to come to fold. See, there's some things that got to be added on to the vision while you're waiting. Amen. That is true. I'm going to give my phone. I'm on my cell phone. It's out of charge. Hello? 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 Hello?
just to add on to what Reverend Carpenter was saying, um, I, I agree. Because, you know, just thinking as he was talking, what I did was I put the vision of a lot of the youth men that I see in my community. And you see, and, and I, you know, and like I said, I'm not saying it for all, but I'm just saying for the, the a couple of the ones that I see in my, in my area. And a lot of the young men in my area, the majority have been raised by single parents. You know, you have some single parents, and a lot of them was to the point where the single parents basically loved their boys so much to some of them just didn't fulfill in their boys the value of working. You know, they always gave their children, their sons, and you know, did this, you know, not even raise them up to two point of doing household work. Because I had this, um, couple of them, matter of fact, would tell me, we were talking about it one day, and they were talking to me and telling me how they cleaned up their kids, their son's room. He don't clean up his room and, and all of that. And the third, they do his laundry. And these are grown men now with kids. And I'm like, are you serious? You know, do you let him wash dishes or anything? Like, oh, no, you don't even pick up a broom. And they's okay with that. And I'm like, wow. And then you sit there and look at him, and I, every day of the week you go by the house, they're sitting up under the tree, you know, with the rest of the boys, where, look at their they clothes, name brand clothes, sneakers so pretty and clean, you know, you're like, wow, I can't, you know, it's to that point where they don't know the value of working. And, you know, and at the same time, you're looking at it like, okay, who's to blame on that, you know, on that note? And it's the point of you can't love your kids enough to not fulfill the value of working. And, you know, my thing is I have a 17-year-old son as well as my daughter 16 and my other daughter 13. My son, when his behind hit 15, he was on Myrtle Beach working. When my daughter, I had her on the beach at 12 working. And now my son, you know, he, and like I said, that was at 15, he's 17. He's been working now for two years. My daughter was working now for, what, four years. And at the end of the day, you know, they, they value their money and they value the principle of working because at the end of the day, like I tell them, I'm not going to sit there and spoon feed you and I'm not going to give you what you want. You work for what you want. So, you know, and yes, I have been a single parent, you know. So at the, at the same time, being a single parent has a lot to, a lot to do with it because you have much responsibility. And yes, Reverend Carpenter, I understand what you're saying about, you know, well, you can tell them all day long about your sex, but the minute you got to go try to figure out the opposite sex, it's a whole nother ball game. And you know, and my thing is, I'm trying to tell my daughter the value of being a woman, but then I'm telling my son, okay, I'm praying to God to send some godly men my way to take my son up under their wing to teach him the values of being a real man. You know, so it's just hard. And like I say, in today's statistics doesn't make it no easier. The government don't make it no easier because right. they're they right. trying to tell right. you they That's try right. to tell right. you how to raise your children, what That's you right. can and yeah. can't do. A lot of parents scared to use a belt on them kids behind because they scared they scared that the government, the police will come take the kids from the home and, and label them as a, a, a unfit parent. So the government has a lot to do with it as well. Exactly. exactly. Uh, so, you know, so, you know, it's, the Bible tells us, you know, and a lot of the parents don't have God in the home. The Bible tells us to train up our children in the way that they may go. 
at the same time, you got to ask yourself, okay, is the, is, do that single parent or do that parent have God in their home that's teaching that child about God's way? Right. And, right. and if they teach their child, their child about God's way, then they'll seek God for God's guidance. Because, like I said, it was many days. I'm, I can't see my way. And I had to pray and God, God show me what to do, which way to turn, who to call on, who to rely on. And God, God, you know, sees fit and make it way. So, you know, when I look at my kids now, I can still remember when they were born. And I said, Lord, my kids grew up so fast. And I thank God because it was a, you know, it was like, it was a struggle, but I made it. You know, so, and, and I made it with God. You know, I couldn't take that role by myself. So I bless God for the people God placed in my path. I bless God for the guidance that God has, you know, allowed me to go through. But then at the same time, I just bless God for being in my life and for me knowing who God was or who I could turn to. Amen. 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 I think that she's saying one of the most awesome things. Um. And as she was saying, the Holy Spirit was just dealing with me, and I just want to say this, then I'm going to turn it back over to the minister. But God, the, the Holy Spirit was saying to me, wow, we are so slow at moving towards our children like we need to, and we got to remember that the devil gets them from birth, get, got all of us from birth, because we were all born in the sin, and yet instead of us running running us mature Christians running to the aid of our children while they are still infants, we we try to wait till they grow up. That's true. Y'all 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 don't say amen, y'all miss that because the thing is that a lot of us are are are, are complaining uh, about like she said, she's trying to bring up her boys. The men in the church should go to that 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 girl that just had a baby, and she got a little boy. And when that little boy gets to walking and talking, they should be going over there to try to have programs, a big brother program, so her child could get in. She, she can invest her child into that big po, big brother program at the church, and he'll have a man to show him how to grow up. He'll show. He'll have a man to show him how to be a man, how to take care of things that he's supposed to take care. Because if they don't, all he's gonna watch is his mama being a single woman, take care of him, dress him, make sure he got everything, make sure he look good, and he's gonna get accustomed to a woman taking care of him. And some of you women on here know about that because some of y'all were daddy's little girl and y'all and daddy's small y'all. And when y'all get married and get a man, y'all look for a man to do the same thing. Well, I, th- I thank God for my daughter, um, Risa. Um, I'm going to, uh, because Mia, my daughter never had a father figure in, in, in um, her, her life. She never had her father there for her. So Teresa did a great job among um, her with me and her grandfather um, of raising her. She was an honor roll student ever since ninth grade, and now she's graduating with a 4.0 GPA, and she's single. 
So it works both ways. Some single Amen. parents raise up good good children. Some married people is married and have not raised up good children. So it works both ways. Single parents um, raise up good children as well as married people. So therefore, um, um, my daughter never had a, a, no help for her oldest daughter. Never, not like I mean, she didn't had help, but as far as her father, her father her never daughter. was never was. Never was in her life, and, and right now she she's graduating with honor. Amen. So it, it sometimes works both ways. It's it's um some single parents some single parents raise up good children, and and some um married um parents raise up good children. So it works both ways. It can be bad and good. But I want just want to know where is Jesus in all of this? In raising up a single um, b- um, boy, uh, he's a single girl. Where do Je- where is Jesus in this? Because if we have Jesus in us, and we we are so um, um, holy filled and know the Word of God, with being single and having a boy, a girl in the life, don't don't Jesus will help? He say I would never leave you and forsake you. Will won't he will help? Us raise up a little boy, uh, either a girl who someone have without a father or mother in their life. Where's Jesus there? Is it everybody off the line? Reverend Carpenter, 
Yeah. Any last comments, encouraging words? Um, hold up one minute. If I can say anything, we need to just bring our children to the altar with us every Sunday. Pray over them and ask God to guide us and open doors that we can find those people. If we're single parents, that we can find someone to help us raise our children up. And pray that, that God will bring the old saying that it takes a community to raise a child that we could rely on the resources of the church to raise our children. Amen. Amen. Any more comment? I heard Reverend Swain's voice earlier. Is he still on the line? Evangelist Waterman, any last comments? Um, all the, You know, just I want to say that as Reverend Carpenter said, we got to keep our kids up before God. And not only we got to keep our kids up before God, but we got to stay prayed up and in God ourselves mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to the point that God can God can lead us into which way and, you know, which route to take as far as leading our kids. And first and foremost, we have to remember as, you know, as parents and as, you know, the leadership over the kids that God placed us in, we have to always remember to first and foremost to keep God first and yes. Yes. let that light of God being through us, that the kids will always see God in us and respect not only us, but respect God first and foremost. And, you know, and then on top of that, we also have to always remember, you know, okay. we have to always remember that, in spite of what the situation looked like, we just got to allow our kids to be kids. We can't chastise them or punish them for choosing a path that we choose. We don't, you know, we don't want them to choose. You know, to choose. We have to allow them to find that way themselves. They're going to have to make their own mistakes in life in order to learn. Because if they don't learn, if they don't make the mistakes, they'll never learn, and they'll always wonder. What would have happened, and that and, the, and that part of them. And I always tell myself, I can allow my kids to take it from a youth and do it, or I guarantee you, I can tell myself trying to hold fast to them and hold too tight on them. And the minute they get that 18 mark to get out of my house and get on their own, they're gonna be some wild children. Amen. You know, so I have to. So what I did, I pray that God. Like I said, I have my boundaries, but my thing is, with just raising kids, we gotta first keep God first. Allow, yes, our kids yes. be, allow our kids to be kids and allow our kids to be able to come and talk to us. And like I said, my daughter said, you know, she said earlier, and I always pray, and my main, my main prayer to God is, Lord, my, I know my kids is not going to want to come talk to me about everything, but, Lord, bless a godly person in their life that they will look up to enough that they can go talk to mm-hmm. and that they will give them godly advice. Mm-hmm. You know, not their advice, but godly advice. I don't have a problem with another saint or Christian, you know, talking to my children or, you know, giving them advice because why? As long as I know it's godly advice, I'm okay because I know it comes from God. Amen. 
But, you know, so my thing is, if God plays a godly person in their life and they feel comfortable talking to, you know, because like I said, my kids do come and talk to me, but then there's some things they just don't want to come talk to mommy about. So I'm okay with my kids going to a godly person to talk to them about it. So, you know, we just got to know how to balance this thing out on both ends because we don't want to lose our kids to the world. That's right. So we just have to be prayed up and we have to stay prayed up as as parents as like I say, as, you know, leaderships in the church, leaderships in our community, we just gonna to have to stay prayed up and stay up before God. And just Amen. be Christians and not, you know, wishy washy. Because they're Amen. looking at everything that we do. Is um Mr. Palmer back on the line? Okay, any uh, the committees wanna make comment? Any committee on the line? Any Barber Room members or anybody, none Barber Room members, comments, questions before we close? Okay, I'm going to hand it back over to you, Reverend Carpenter. Reverend Carpenter? Yeah? I'm going to hand it, I'm handing it back over to you. Okay. Well, we thank everyone for joining us tonight on Ladies Night Around Table. Um, we just invite you to join us tomorrow uh, at 4 o'clock on the Sunday service. Please come and fellowship with us. And with that, we're just going to um, give a benediction again. We thank everyone. Again, for joining us. Father God, we thank you once again for letting us sit in your word in the midst of your people, talking about your word and talking about your people. We thank you for the minister that was here and how she just brought forth the door that she opened that we all just about write the vision down and make it plain. And Father God, and the things that we need to do and walking in the vision that you have given us in your kingdom. And, Father God, we just ask you to bless everyone that had an ear to hear what the Spirit was saying unto their church. And we thank you, we praise you, and we ask you to look over them over the course of the night as we all go our own separate ways. Yes, and, and order your angels around to cover them and keep them throughout the night. We ask these things and we claim these things. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 I want to announce tomorrow I will not be able to get him online tomorrow at 4 o'clock because we have an evening program tomorrow at church. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Thank you. We'll be having her in prayer. As we always say in leaving the line, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Everyone have a blessed and wonderful evening. Amen. Uh, you do uh, I love you all. Love Amen. you. Love you. Amen.